Okay, everybody, if I can get your attention. Thank you all for doing that. So my name is Henry Morris. I'm assistant pastor here of Missions and Outreach. I've been here for almost 11 months now. Um, I, I know some of you, but I'm still learning all 1,600 people that go to Covenant. So glad to be with you today. So I'm I'm smart enough to have a little bit of fear and trepidation about teaching a prayer class to women because I feel like women do most of the praying in the church. It's also part of my job description in the Bible. Ministers are to give themselves to the word and to prayer. And so it's it's just intimidating uh, to be here with you all, uh, come in here with a little bit of trepidation. For example, last year, one morning I woke up and uh, Betsy was awake and she told me, she said, yeah, I woke up real early this morning. I couldn't go back to sleep. I said, well, what did you do? She said, well, I just prayed for two hours. I was like, well, you prayed for two hours? What did you pray about? And she said, oh, I just prayed the Lord's Prayer. And uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to learn to do that a lot better. Good for you. Um, so this study, we are trying to grow in the grace of prayer together as a church. I think it's been really enjoyable to do this on Wednesday night. I hope you're liking it here as well. Just a couple of minutes to review. The, the disciples came to Jesus, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he taught them the Lord's Prayer. So I think you guys started with the Lord's Prayer. And that prayer is so wonderful. Our Father who art in heaven reminds us that we pray to one who has a gracious disposition to us and has all power. Hallowed be thy name. The first part of the Lord's Prayer teaches us that our prayers are to be eminently God-centered, concerned for his glory and his kingdom. And then you get into give us this day our daily bread. We're taught to bring our personal needs before God. He also looked at acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Um, and so today we're going to really talk about uh, supplication and particularly praying scripture. Uh, on your sheets right here, you see question 98 of the Westminster Shorter Catechism, what is prayer? By the way, does anybody have one of those sheets? There's a couple more on this table right here if you don't have one. Okay, so what is prayer? The Westminster Shorter Catechism says, Prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God for things agreeable to His will in the name of Christ with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of His mercies. So it's offering our desires unto God, but for things agreeable to His will, which brings us to this whole idea of why pray Scripture. Um, and the first... Four reasons here. The first is this. Praying Scripture assures us that we are praying according to God's will. When we pray Scripture, we can be confident that we are praying for the things that God wants us to pray for, and we're praying according to His will uh, because it, it tells us what we should be praying for so we can know that we're doing that. Now, you know um, that uh, God's will in Scripture... Is, doesn't mean who you should marry, what vocation you should be in, um, where you should live, whether you should buy a, a, a vacation home. Uh, those things are touched on in Scripture. Uh, you should marry in the Lord. You should handle your finances in a way that brings glory to God. But they're not specifically revealed. But so many things are revealed in Scripture um, that 
when we pray Scripture, it helps us to be praying according to God's will. Uh, secondly, prayer, praying Scripture adds power to our prayers because we are using God's own words as we pray. We're using God's own words, and uh, that adds a depth, a richness, a power, a clarity to the things we're praying because we're using His Word. Uh, the third thing is when we pray Scripture, praying Scripture shapes our heart. Uh, this may be the most important thing I say today. I'm not sure. Um, I read a wonderful book on prayer that I'll show you in the end. Terry Johnson has a book called um, um, When Grace Comes Home, It's About the Lord's Prayer. And he says the Lord's Prayer is a, is a discipleship man- manual. It's not only a pattern for prayer, but it also is a... Um, it's, it's an, not only is it a prayer that we can use, but it's a pattern for how we should pray, and it's a pattern for how we should live. Uh, it shows us how to live under God's fatherly care. It shows us how to be God-centered in our living. Uh, so when you pray Scripture, God uses that to shape your heart into more the person He wants you to be. Um, and lastly, praying Scripture keeps us from having truncated prayer lives. And what I mean by that, well, we generally, I think, immediately move into supplication. I think if you looked at Acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, probably supplication gets more of our time and attention. And even the S gets distorted. Um, The Lord's Prayer does teach us to pray for our physical needs, give us this day our daily bread. We're told to pray for everything, in everything with prayer and thanksgiving, to bring our request to Him. But it's, it's interesting that the prayers in Scripture focus more on godliness, and they focus more on um, our lives and adherence to the gospel in our lives and our character and our being and on the advancement of God's church. Um, so a lot of times you know this, but like prayer for physical needs can dominate the way we pray in the church, Right? We should pray for our physical needs. I want to be real careful not to be misunderstood on that. But I'll just give you an illustration. So as a person who teaches Sunday school, so you get into this lesson, and there's a lesson on humility. And there's some great points that come right out of the passage on humility and how we need to have that as part of our character and part of our lives. And then the Sunday school lesson ends, and they, and you open it up for prayer, and we're praying for relatives two, three, four people removed that nobody in the class knows. And what do we not pray for? Humility. Yes. Thank you. So one of the things we're trying to do in the two Sunday school classes that I'm a part of is we try to take the first part of the prayer time to pray about whatever the lesson was. Um, Just one thing to, to think about there. Notice, look at the quote on the bottom of your, that first page there by Craig Bartholomew, who spoke at our church last fall. Throughout its history, the church has learned, often at great cost, that it is fatal to separate prayer from Scripture and Scripture from prayer. Indeed, in Scripture, God not only addresses us, but, as the Psalms and the Lord's Prayer in particular reflect, teaches us how to respond in prayer. Um, Teaches us how to respond in prayer. So, great, great uh, quote there. So, now let's move to... I should have said I should have been advancing these slides, but how to pray? How to pray Scripture? Uh, the first thing down here is is um, pray 
as you read. And this might seem like so obvious, but uh, we keep prayer lists and we think about things we want to pray for, but I want to encourage you, this first part is rather than adding something else, something else for you to do, make praying through the Bible part of what you're already doing. Whatever you're reading in the scriptures, pray about. For example, I use the Daily Prayer Project, which is put out by Grace DC, a PCA church in Washington DC. It's kind of a liturgical devotional. It's really great. But it starts with a, kind of an opening little call to worship, and then it has a, a psalm that you read. So every day, what my practice is, is I, I will read the psalm, and then I go back through and pray the psalm. And this is just the introductory psalm. They have a New Testament lesson, Old Testament lesson. And a lot of times, ladies, I'll tell you this, a lot of times I don't even make it to the other part. I don't even make it out of the psalm because I read it once through carefully, and then I go back through and I pray every verse um, or pray each section. So you see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm prayerfully approaching scriptures, and it's like that's where you use that acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication as you move through a passage. How does this teach me to adore God? What sins do I need to confess? How does this teach me to rejoice and be thankful to God? What do I need to pray for? And so just as, you, as you're reading through Scripture, uh, I want to encourage you to do that. In fact, it's one of your homework assignments I'm giving you is to, to pray through whatever it is that you are already reading. So that's one way to do it, and that's kind of the easy way. And then secondly, there are other ways to learn to pray Scripture uh, Learn to use Scripture in our praying. For example, use Scripture when you pray for family and friends. Uh, and we want us to look just a little bit at this passage in Colossians 1, 9 through 13 as an example. But I'm going to read a little bit before that. In the book of Colossians, Paul says to the people there in verse 3, We always give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. Since we heard about your faith in Jesus Christ and the love you have for all the saints. So it's really wonderful right there. Paul did not start the church in Colossae. And he says, nevertheless, he's praying for them. We always thank God when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and the love you have for the saints. That great faith and love. Um, and then verse 5, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. On this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God and truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made us known to us of your love in the Spirit. So Paul um, did not plant this church but it's a church he prays for regularly. And I want us to take just a minute to look at this prayer um, and walk through Colossians 1, 9 through 13, because I would say to you that this is the kind of prayer that you will find so frequently in the New Testament, especially in the epistles and the letters. So let's just walk through it real quickly. I'm going to read it. Paul says this, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, 
fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Um, so I want to walk through this, and I want you to think about like how you can pray this for others, and how you can pray this for your friends, and how you can pray this for people in your Sunday school class. Paul says, from the day we heard, we haven't ceased to pray for you, and we're asking that God might fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Filled. All. Paul wants them to be filled up in this measure to the greatest degree possible of the knowledge of God's will. Again, God's will doesn't mean who you should marry, what vacation, vocation he wants you to choose, or vacation he wants you to choose, um, but it has to do with developing spiritual graces and spiritual gifts. It does touch on those other things, but that's not what Paul's thinking. When he says, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of God's will, he, is, he means, I want you to understand, I'm praying that you might be filled with an understanding of God's plan of salvation and redemption through Jesus Christ. That's what he's praying for them. Not that you'll know where to live or what vocation to choose. He's, he's praying, I pray that you will understand the mind and plan of God in sending the Redeemer of God's elect, his dear son, Jesus Christ, and that that will animate your heart and your life in every way. And he says, I pray that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so, at, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. He's praying that they will understand God's wisdom so that they might be able to walk in a manner worthy of him and live lives that are fully pleasing to him. So this knowledge of the gospel equips us to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Um, and then you'll notice, just look at your English grammar. You have a colon there, and there's four participles. I'm going to let you tell me what they are. What, are the, what does it mean to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord and be fully pleasing to him? There's four participles. What are they? You can circle them. Bearing fruit. Bearing fruit. Increasing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power. Joyfully giving thanks, right? So think about how great just those things are. Uh, Paul prays that uh, they would be live lives fully pleasing to God, that they would be bearing fruit in every good work. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Um, he who abides in me will bear much fruit. Galatians 5 says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness. Um, and so this whole idea of love even, growing in love is so central to the gospel, growing into a person of forgiveness. That's what spiritual fruit is. And as we know God's will and live lives fully to pleasing to him, what does that look like? It looks like bearing spiritual fruit. Um, walking in obedience and holiness, walking in purity, 
not letting any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, no gossip or slander, but only saying what builds others up. Those are the kind of things when it talks about bearing fruit. The second part simple is increasing in the knowledge of God. I pray that you might know God's will so that you can increase in the knowledge of God, that you'll be taking on a depth of understanding about your knowledge of God the Father and who He is, knowing this experientially, knowing something of His glory, His weightiness, His substance, uh, the weightiness of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, knowing something about His holiness. Um, God's plan for us is that we continually grow in the knowledge of Him throughout our lives. Uh, I know that you all know that. The third one, being strengthened with all power. Think about how often we need God's strength in our lives, um, whether it's parenting, whether it's our jobs, whether it's your husband that you have to deal with, <laughs> whatever it is. We need, we need God in our family life. We need God for endurance. We need God for patience. We need God for joy. We need Him for perseverance. And um, th- don't you love that, that um, this is what pleasing God looks like. It looks like having His strength in your life, being strengthened with all power for endurance and patience. Um, having strength and courage which comes from Him and enables us to persevere. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. And then lastly, giving thanks to the Father uh, who has qualified you to in- share in the inheritance of the saints of light. Um, God took us out of the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, and we should always be giving thanks to God for that. So I just want to suggest to you this. Um, think about praying this for your friends. Uh, and I'm not sure what all you pray for your friends. But when it comes to supplication, think about having your prayers be shaped and directed by this. Think about praying this for your children. I pray that you might be, you pray that your children will be filled with all manner of spiritual wisdom and understanding so that they might walk in a manner worthy of the Lord and be fully pleasing to Him. We pray that our children will bear fruit, that our children will uh, grow in the knowledge of God, that they will be strengthened by Him, that they will be joyfully giving thanks to God. Um, so I hope you see there's this great richness and depth uh, in that. And we're gonna, when we break down into table time at the end, we're going to pray this scripture for others, and then we're also going to pray for the church. So there is a praying, a learning to use the scriptures in praying for others, and then another category, learning to use scriptures in praying for the church. I just want to show you this one really briefly. Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. 
And I just want to say, I think that's a very spiritual prayer that you could pray for covenant. This is your church. This is where God, there may be some visitors, I'm not sure. But whatever church you're in, I mean, what a great thing to pray. Pray that we'll be devoted to the apostles' teaching. Pray that we'll be a church solidly committing to the to committed to the word, that it will dwell in us, God's word will dwell in us richly, to the fellowship, that we would love one another, serve one another, honor one another, pray for one another, confess our sins to one another, uh, encourage one another, build one another up, all those one another commands, apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking of the bread, communion. I love that we pray for the Holy Spirit to be with us when we pray right before communion. Uh, we, we always ask for the Holy Spirit that these gifts of bread and wine will truly represent the communion of saints. Um, the breaking of bread and prayer. Pray that God will make us a church of prayer, uh, that we will storm the gates of heaven on our knees. Um, there's other, so many other things to pray here in this passage. They're all so good, but I feel like I'm rushing through this. Do you do understand the point, what I'm saying? is that if you pray these categories and these words, you can know that you're praying according to God's will, and these are good things to pray for your church. These are good things to pray for our church, that uh, wonders and signs and all will be part of what takes place here, that people will believe, that people will have this spirit-created generosity where we'll be generous with one another and with the worldwide church. Um, that there'll be gladness and sincere praising of God and joy in our midst. So many wonderful things to pray for the church in this passage. Um, and so that's an example of a scripture you could pray for your friends, uh, exa- example of a scripture you could pray for the church. There's some other really, really great uh, passages on praying for the church, Ephesians three, fourteen through 21. Um, is that's where it says, I pray that out of God's riches of his glory, he might grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit and your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you may be rooted and grounded in love and may have strength to comprehend uh, what is the breadth, length, height, and depth and to know this love of Christ. There's so many great passages to pray. Colossians 3 a prayer for the life of the church. Colossians 4, a prayer for the church's witness. And there's some others listed on your handout there. Okay, the last thing I want to do is to sort of introduce you to um, prayer cards, okay? And I, I get you some blank cards on your table. Um, there are many good prayer tools. There are prayer calendars. I think I put enough for two, two cards for everybody. There's prayer calendars. There's some great things out there, 31 days of prayer, there's prayer apps that you can put put on your phone. Um, there's prayer journals. There's all sorts of great ways to pray. But one that I've found helpful, I got from a book called A Praying Life by Paul Miller. And he suggests using prayer cards. And the way this helped me was I generally write in my journal, and I've got all these prayer lists, but then what, what happens when you get to the end of your journal? and you have to start a new journal, then what happens to all those lists, and where do you keep your prayer lists? And some of y'all are like, probably the younger people here is like, you know, what's wrong with you? Can't keep, can't keep track of a list of pray. This helped me. <laughs> I'll say it that way. Um, and so he suggests making prayer cards, and I'm going to show you the one I had for my older son, John Harden. Uh, 
And um, so this was my card for my son. You, the great thing about this is you can't read my handwriting. Um, so I want you to know that a couple of things. This card developed over the years. It started with these verses in the middle. It started with the First John two fifteen through seventeen, the Psalm one one through three, and the Proverbs thirteen twenty. Those were the first things on there. Um, and by the way, I was just—I know ladies would pray a lot differently, so this is also kind of humbling to put your card up here as a man. It was so deficient to what you would pray. So when John Harden played football in high school, he would head out the door in the morning on Friday mornings for the game, and Betsy would always say. Be careful. And I, as the dad, would say to her, don't say that. Don't, don't say be careful. And I would say, play hard, son. <laughs> Do your best. Have a great game. So women and men come at prayer and life differently. <laughs> so your prayer cards would have great things for your sons and daughters and others. But this was just mine. So I'm going to walk you through it a little bit. Um, Psalm 1, 1 through 3, pray that his delight would be in the law of the Lord. You'll see on, to the right of that, I pray that he would love Christian music. A lot of these things, by the way, got on this card because as you go through life uh, and you see your children like not doing what's right in certain areas, um, you, you pray for them. So you know how when kids are in high school and they, what do they say about Christian music? It's cheesy, Dad. You know, and you kind of got to fight through that. It's like, well, it may be cheesy, but it has a heck of a lot better words than the songs that I'm hearing on the regular radio. And so I prayed for him to love Christian music. And I, it, anyway, he does love Christian music. Um, Proverbs thirteen twenty: He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. I prayed in his life for godly friendships, um, all these different categories, speech, that he would be a man of fewer words. If you know my son, he talks too much. So I pray that he would say less. Um, principled thinker, servant leader, and a biblical worldview, that came out of his Christian school. I pray that he would read good books. Now what I want to show you that's kind of exciting about this is see all the little circles with dates? Those are times that I felt like God had significantly answered these prayers. And this, I'm just want to, I have about 15 of these cards, and I use these cards for 15 years. I really need to make him a new prayer card. But this is how I prayed for my children. I had one prayer card which summarized everything I was trying. This is a pretty all-encompassing card. But, like, look at Psalm 1, 1 through 3, and you can't read my writing, but... Um, it's secret code, which I write to myself. Um, it says 617. That means June of 17, and it says search the scriptures. So a book that Betsy and I have given away to hundreds of people is a book called Search the Scriptures. It takes you through every book of the Bible, and it just asks questions about every chapter. And so in June of 2017, he calls me up one day and says, Dad, I want you to know that the book that your mom gave me, he said, I've gone through Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Okay, Lord, I'm going to count that as an answered prayer right there. Um, he struggled with friendships in high school, godly companions. Says, thanks for Bubba and Banks, if you can read that, 2013. These two older guys in high school, 
just came alongside John Harden. He, you know, he transferred into the school late. He struggled with friendships. His whole high school, junior, high, his whole elementary, junior high, and high school. And these two guys came alongside him, and they were both believers. And they just started hanging out with him. And that was an answer to prayer. Um, I'm not sure why, where it says man of fewer words, I'm not sure why I have 12, 16, because I don't think that one's answered yet. Um, um, and then also on the friendships, thank, farmhouse, Ford and Parker, two great Christian guys who love the Lord so much. He got in a fraternity at Auburn. God brought these friends around his life. And that's an earnest prayer that I pray as a parent, that God will surround my children with godly friends. I prayed that for my parents before they were converted. When I was converted in eighth grade, my parents were not converted. I prayed for 20 years that my dad would have, would be around a group of godly men. He came up to my installation in Florence when I got installed as the pastor at Redeemer Pres in Florence, and Frank Barker was preaching, and Frank Barker invited dad to his Bible study. And so my dad got in Frank Barker's Bible study for seven years. I mean, that counts as an answer to prayer, doesn't it? When you ask the God to surround your dad with Christian friends, and he gets in the Pope, the Bishop of Alabama's Bible study. Anyway, um, I hope that kind of encourages you. Um, so I pray, you can see I prayed for my relationship with him. I prayed for his relationship with his siblings. Um, just all these things. Um, habits, sexual purity, a career path, a job. So, uh, whatever your categories are, and I. Um, so when we did this assignment before, I had everybody like write out categories, and everybody went right down the side of the page, and it caused me stress because it was too linear. So, I, I kind of like my my idea of starting in the middle and spreading out. <laughs> so you make your cards however you want to. Anyway, this this greatly helped me, and this was. I just want you to know this was. I had one for my. I had one for Betsy, I had one for our marriage, I had one for Carolyn, I had one for Henry, I had one for our church, I had one for besetting sins in my life. Somebody asked me to put that one up there, I was like, no. Um, I had, I just had, I only had about a dozen cards, but I used them for a long, long time. And if that helps you, do it. Okay, I'm using too much of our time here. Um, Okay, let me go on and show you a couple other things. Let's see how I'm going to end this here. Got excited about that. Um, Okay, just a a couple other things sort of in closing. Um, Here are, this was all the different cards I had. Marriage, extended family, missionaries, hopes and big dreams, our church, sexual temptation, work, godly character, the different men's groups I was part of. Those are the cards that I used. Um, here are some suggested resources on prayer. Um, these kind of things are also good. 101 prayers for my daughter. I prayed through this whole book with, for Carolyn. Not only did I pray the prayer card, but I prayed through this whole book for her. It's just got a scripture and ways to pray. Um, the same thing, I guess. There, I don't know where the one for sons was. Uh, this is a book called When Grace Comes Alive by Terry Johnson on the Lord's Prayer. It's one of the best books of prayer on prayer I've ever read. Uh, a couple of others that you see there, Kathleen Nielsen. Um, I think many of you know who she is, but anyway, she's got some great 
great books on prayer, Prayers of a Parent for Young Children, Prayers for Teens, Prayers for Young Adult, and Prayers for Adult Children. That covers all of us, probably. Um, uh, other books on prayer, I already said, When Grace Comes Alive. This is probably my favorite book on prayer, Paul Miller's A Praying Life. Uh, this was the Terry Johnson book, Pray With Your Eyes Open, uh, Richard Pratt in Seminary, and then The Hidden Life of Prayer by David McIntyre. Um, okay, I need, to, I need to land the plane here. Uh, I, hope, I hope that encourages you, but think about, think about um, how valuable it is that we pray scriptures. Okay, here's what we're going to do in table time. So we've got about 10 more minutes. Um, do we have 10 minutes anywhere? We got, or we got seven minutes. We also have to sing. So we got seven minutes. Seven minutes to pray. Um, pray around the tables right now. Look at either the Acts 2 passage or the Colossians 1 passage and pray for one another and pray for our church. So, like, don't, don't hog the whole Acts 2 passage. Don't pray about everything. Pray about one part of it and then let somebody else pray <laughs> because we don't have enough time. So... Take the last seven minutes uh, to pray, and then we're going to come sing and close in prayer.